Hello, everyone, and welcome into our 10th episode of The Rockcast. We have officially hit double digits, so big moment for us. Thank you for listening. If you've listened to all 10, uh, can't thank you enough. If this is your first episode, great. Glad to have you. Uh, the Rockcast is a podcast made by Rockhurst students for Rockhurst students uh, or anyone who's interested in life at Rockhurst. Um, either you went here or you want to come here or you're just curious. Glad to have you. On the show today, we got a great show today. We will be joined by special guests Andrea Daba from the women's tennis team, as well as Rich Byree from the men's basketball team, and Josh Roberts, who is an assistant coach with men's basketball, uh, also runs the Rutgers Intramurals, which are in full swing right now, and is director of the MAC, which is the Magis Activity Center. It's basically where you go to work out, do yoga, weights, treadmills, all that stuff. Probably not all at once, um, but he's got some uh, a good announcement about yoga. Uh, we are also going to talk with the student athletes about how did they adjust from high school coming to Rockhurst, what drew them to Rockhurst, uh, how do they balance um, academics with athletics, road trips, things like that. Some really good, really good stuff there. And finally, listener questions. Now we need to have a little talk about this. We'll put out on Instagram, what topics would you like to uh, hear us talk about? So we had a request to talk about the Boston Celtics. I don't know that we're qualified for that, but I, we'll save that for another episode. Maybe when we hit 20, I don't know. We had a request to talk about how America takes care of um, America's skincare, uh, her, her routine there. Um, Yes, true story. That that came in. Uh, wonder who that was, Vince. Maybe you can tell us. No, <laughs> as well as I can't believe I have to say this, but uh, how many five-year-olds could each member of the Rock cast take in a fight? And they clarified, no weapons. So let the record show that we made it ten episodes before the topic of fighting children came up. So, actually, sincere thank you for those. I got a good laugh out of those. Um, we will have a new segment this week, though, called I Wish I Knew, where we take a topic and the group will kind of talk about uh, what they learned in a specific area and kind of what they wish they knew when they started college to kind of make things easier. And since we're halfway through the semester, we've got exams uh, going on across campus, we'll talk about studying and generally getting stuff done for class. What did you wish you knew then that you know now that makes it a little bit easier for you? So, Good stuff there. But first, let's introduce everyone here on episode 10. Tell us who you are, major, where you're from, and the thing you like most about what you're studying, about your major. And we'll kick it off with America. Yes, so my name is America. I am a senior. I'm from Shawnee, Kansas, and I'm studying corporate accounting and finance. And I think I would say that what I like most about what I'm studying is that, especially with accounting and finance, there's usually a definite answer to what you're looking for. So I, I've always kind of enjoyed that, especially when I in high school and grade school, I, I liked doing math and just knowing that I could make sure if what I found out was correct. So that's kind of what I, drew me into accounting and finance. Hello, everyone. My name is Brianna Merle. I'm a second year physics and medicine student from St. Louis, Missouri. And I would say one of the things that I like most about my major is that it was really uniquely crafted by um, Dr. Donaldson here at Rockhurst. And it's definitely not like any program. Um, it's very unique. And what I really like most about it is that it connects physics with medicine. Um, I'm not going to go into a whole physics rant, <laughs> but um, I really like how with that major, you can literally take it anywhere. You can go into PT, you can go into med school. Um, you can go into healthcare administration, which is what I'm doing. Um, so it gives you so much flexibility and it allows you to really open your mind to a new realm of physics. So I really like that. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Vince Raschetta. I am a senior nursing major here uh, at Rockers, uh, resident coffee connoisseur of the Rockcast. Um, and why I kind of got into nursing, um, I kind of realized that for my kind of personal philosophy for healthcare, I want to be with the patient, know everything about them, really establish a good working communication and relationship with them. And nursing kind of gives you the opportunity in healthcare to do so. Um, nursing is a 24-7 job, 12-hour shifts, uh, so between a night and day shift. 
And so during those 12 hours, you really get to learn more about like your patient's history, uh, really get to establish a relationship with them. And uh, that's what I was kind of looking for in a healthcare position. So it's kind of why I went into that. Hi everyone, I'm Jared Payton II. I'm a sophomore at Rockers from Chicago and I'm majoring in marketing. And I ended up deciding that I wanted to major in marketing when I was a junior in high school. Um, personally, I've always liked the idea of customer satisfaction, which many people would say is the root of marketing. For example, you know, us giving intros to you guys, explaining who we are, we're marketing ourselves to you right now. And I love how Rockers takes marketing, especially in the Hellsbury School of Business, a really highly credited institution as far as how that goes in the business world. And I love how they make these things so general. You know, they give us, even though I am a marketing major, you know, I have to learn a little bit of what America's doing in accounting. I have to learn a little bit about financial accounting and other things for me to be able to obtain my degree, but they stress it. You know, we're getting this overall very holistic approach in business as far as marketing, not just in general with the major, but why I believe it's such a good major at Rockhurst is for that reason. And I really like it. I definitely have to piggyback um, at what Jared said, especially about our business school, um, because yes, it is so true. We get so many, we have to take so many classes about everything. You know, I had to take an intro to marketing class. Um, I had to take, you know, two introduction to econ. Um, so you really do get just to experience everything in the business school. And especially for students who are coming in, I know a lot of our business students, um, when I, you know, when I give tours or our freshmen, they always say that they don't really know specifically what they want their concentration to be. And that's kind of how I came in. Um, I came in thinking maybe I wanted to do international business, but because our rockers, you have to take all these like introductory um, courses. I decided, I realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted, that I really um, was leaning more to accounting and financing. And I wouldn't have known that if I, you know, hadn't had to take, you know, an intro to finance class or those like first two accounting courses. Thank you all. And I am your host, Chad Schnarr. Welcome to our first time listeners again. Finally, uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. And if you want to watch this, you can watch the Zoomcast, which is on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash slash Rockhurst Hawk. If you need anything or have any questions, um, more topic ideas about anything apparently um you can send us a dm on instagram at rockhurst university or contact us through rockhurst.edu we will have a web page for the rockcast coming live here in the next week so you can find us there just search it there so let's get going all right as mentioned we are extremely excited this week to have not just one special guest but several special guests with us Joining us is Andrea Daba, who is on the women's tennis team, and Rich Byrie, a forward on the men's basketball team. We also have Josh Roberts, uh, an assistant coach for men's basketball, and he heads up intramurals on campus, and he's also the director of the Magis Activity Center, otherwise known as the MAC. And we'll talk about all that stuff here coming up, but first, Let's have the student athletes uh, introduce themselves. So Andrea, we'll start with you and tell us your name, uh, your year, what you're studying and kind of your role with the team. Hi, yeah, so my name is Andrea Dava. I'm, I'm on the tennis team. Um, I'm a sophomore right now and my major is business administration. And I think I will be focusing on accounting and my role in the team, um, Basically, I play doubles and singles for the team. My partner right now is uh, Dina Dudic. Yeah. Great, excellent. And Rich? Uh, my name is Rich Byrie. I am a sophomore business major from Delafield, Wisconsin. And yeah, I'm a forward on the team. That's about it. Kind of stretch four type player. Gotcha. And Rich, how would you describe your game? Are you a do-everything guy, score, rebounder? How would you describe uh, I mean, it? you could defer to Coach Roberts on this one, but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm 6'8", so I'm a taller guy. I play in the post, but a little bit on the perimeter as well. Very good. Okay. 
uh, as mentioned, we also have uh, Josh here. Now, Josh, Coach Roberts, um, rather than asking what you do on campus, it's probably shorter to ask what you don't do since you have so many titles. Um, but keeping in mind that we want to keep the show under an hour, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do on campus and the many roles that you have. So um, my day-to-day, I -day, uh, juggle coaching basketball and kind of running in the murals and running the max. So um, depending on depending on our first game is, say we play on a Thursday, uh, that Monday I come in, I kind of focus on more of the MAC things and more of the intramural things. So um, for one would be scheduling. Uh, I have 32 employees under me here. So I schedule uh, my employees here. I uh, just kind of make sure the day-to-day -day operations are running smoothly at the MAC. Uh, you probably hear the weights banging in the background right now. Uh, the next thing is uh, intramurals, making sure uh, that's running smoothly. We have uh, three sports we got going on right now. So just kind of making sure that's going well. And then also the next part is uh, juggling the basketball part. So as you think, uh, assistant coach is being an assistant. So um, I'm under Drew Diener. Uh, any task he has for me that day, I kind of do. We are uh, anywhere from training players to recruiting. Yeah, honestly, it can be anything day to day. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot, but the day goes pretty fast. So I love it. Awesome. I was going to ask you, how much do you enjoy that? You said you love it. Yeah, I mean, um, I say being around a, I play college basketball, so being around that every day is, uh, doesn't feel like work a lot of times. You know, you're around great guys that are rich and uh, young, young energy like that. It's, uh, it's an easy job, so I love it. Awesome. So we're just finishing up. Well, this is a really unique uh, semester for sports. There's like 14 of the 16 sports were going on at, at least one time. Um, basketball's done. Tennis is, is going. Uh, students, I'll turn it over to you for questions here. Uh, lots to talk about. I'll kick it off uh, over here. Um, what has been some of like the biggest challenges uh, getting sports underway in your guys' respective seasons here this year with like COVID concerns and stuff like that? I'll take that one. Uh, from the coaching standpoint, uh, so we COVID test every week uh, when we're in the season. Uh, it was a crazy year with, uh, with basketball because I, I don't know if everyone uh, realizes how much time you spend with these guys and you want to kind of work on the family part of it like uh we say family when we break the huddle but it's a big deal kind of where you you know the guys you're playing with and you're around the whole year so this year we kind of had to sacrifice that time together uh because of the tracing like if you were too close to somebody if me and rich were by each other and we made contact they had to try to go back and trace that so we were a lot of times we had split practices where we had half the guys in it the other half not and when it comes to chemistry on the court, that's a, a big deal. So I think COVID really uh, threw a curveball at us and made some big adjustments we had to go through. For tennis, I would say the biggest challenge was um, that last season was cut short. Um, we were playing a tournament in Florida for the spring break, and we couldn't finish that tournament. Um, so yeah, we missed playing the season, especially because it was my first season. Um, but I, I would say that a positive thing was that now we're enjoying more uh, playing the matches and and being together, practicing again. I think that's that's an advantage right now. Yeah, just to echo what J-Rob said, it was really unfortunate with COVID. Our team was really close off the court, so we like to hang out at the guys' house or watch NBA games and stuff like that, which we couldn't do this year, which was different. But it really gave me the opportunity to grow a lot closer with my roommates, which I was thankful for. Even in the midst of COVID-19 and this COVID season that we're all juggling, has there been any victories that you all have experienced? Uh, I think for victories, uh, I wouldn't even talk about more of the sport, but just kind of like, uh, I think with this pandemic, it helps you slow down a little bit and kind of value a lot of different things you didn't get to do. Uh, I mean, like you take, a, take granted of so many times, you know? So um, I think that's for me personally, that's been big. Uh, the relationships I created with these players, just having that, uh, you know, it was a weird year where we were only together. Like we couldn't kind of conversate or be with other people outside. So I think in that standpoint, it made us closer. And uh, you get to know the people you're around even more day to day because you're spending more quality time with them. So that's a, a victory, uh, I think, coming from uh, this pandemic we're dealing with, honestly. Um, yeah, so we have played some so matches this season. And I feel that they are going great. Um, as I said before, the like the enthusiasm and um, like the motivation, I feel like it's stronger this semester. 
Um, so I, I think that's a, a good victory. With COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty regarding the season. And I mean, our coaching staff would tell us one positive test could shut us down for two weeks. And we were really fortunate not to have a positive test during the season. So I think a victory for our team was just getting in all of our games and being able to play a safe, healthy season. I have a question for Josh. Um, something that I have had students ask me that they wanted to learn more about athletics is how it plays a more technical role in like the Rockers community as a whole. So how do you see just the athletic program, how it fits with like maybe our our values or just Rockers as a whole? And then maybe also how can students kind of get more involved um, to kind of showcase the athletic program? So for sure, the, the Rockers values, uh, managers kind of care more about the person. I think that's everything that uh, sports is. Because uh, like I tell our guys, like, yes, we want you guys to be great basketball players and, you know, execute everything perfectly on the court. But at the end of the day, like when Rich leads Rockers in, in two years or so, I want to uh, create a relationship with him, with him where he can call me outside of that and uh, know, know that I care about him outside of just basketball. So. Um, this year honestly was a tough year for us, but um, that's one thing I said to our guys when the year ended, uh, ended when I told them, uh, I, I believe our guys always try to do things the right way. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to, you know, you, you get caught up in the sports and trying to win every game, but at the end of the day, it's uh, real life things you deal with. So having guys that are strong, uh, become better men when they come here and, uh, you know, actually care about the people they're around, I think it goes a long way. From the, your question about how do we get uh, involved more students into the games and coming out supporting it, uh, that's something I, we've been, cha been challenged with these past years and I've been trying to, you know, get going more. I think we have, uh, I think there's a lot of things that go, go on at, on campus here. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard school, honestly. So guys, people are caught up with their classes, uh, you know, education, that part of it. But um, I do think if we can get the word out about the games and getting the crowd there, that it can do so much more for just your college experience. experience. Um, we have certain games before COVID that uh, we'll do different uh, events like uh, bobblehead night or uh, raffle night, free iPads. Those nights, the gym is packed, you know? So like maybe we're doing more events where we have, uh, you know, gifts involved that work, but uh, also too, sometimes, uh, and I play here too. So um, I, I would see sometimes students kind of you know, sitting at the calf at six o'clock and I'm like, hey, come over to the game, you know? So I think just getting involved in, a, in that aspect can do so much more for your experience just being here. Okay, um, so Andrea, with your new coach, uh, Jamie McDonald this season, I uh, just wanted to ask like, how are they acclimatizing to the school and how are the players acclimatizing to the new coach so far? We are really liking the new coach. His way of coaching is very different from our previous coach. Um, but I feel like a change uh, has been really good for us. I feel like we're playing more tennis than before, which is very nice. We're practicing um, every day for during the week. Um, and I really like about him that he's very dedicated and, and his passion for tennis is, is very strong. So he keeps us motivated all the time. He, he really cares about the team. He wants to get to know us and, and really trying to get um, to get us to improve. So I, I feel like this is going to be a great season with him. Right on. Thank you. I have a question for Rich. How was it like, you know, playing basketball with no fans in the stands, both home and away? I mean, initially it was weird getting out there and seeing an empty, empty seats and nobody there. But after a while, we just got to playing basketball. It's what we've been doing our whole lives. And at the end of the day, with fans or no fans, we got to bring our own energy. And it's up to us to really create that game-like atmosphere. So after a while, it kind of got became the norm, I'd say. Did you guys, like, notice, like, a lot more cheering from, like, just the Rockers bench in general since there wasn't any fans or, like, just seeing a lot more hype for the game from the team or from the bench since that there weren't any fans to provide that uh, during a game? Yeah, I would say so. Our bench did an amazing job just – hyping our guys up, bringing the energy, game in and game out. And I think it really fueled us when there was games where we were on the road and it was quiet and there was no energy from anything. So our bench did a really good job of just bringing the energy day in and day out. A follow-up to that, uh, Rich. 
Jarrett's talked about the um, how when you play at, at Rockers, if you're in the stands, the other bench can hear like everything you say and stuff. And, you know, they they use that strategically, I guess you could say, <laughs> from the fans. Uh, what's it like playing at Rockers with a full full crowd there? How much energy do you get off that in? kind of how entertaining is it to hear the heckles going on on the other bench to the other bench and stuff like that? It's awesome. I mean, Rockers is built like a gymnasium where the seats are on top of the court, which is an awesome atmosphere and gives a really good vibe for the game. And to hear the support we have behind us, not only with students, but parents as well, I think gives us a real advantage that we missed out on this year. And I can't wait to have it for next year. Any really creative heckles, Josh or Rich, that you've heard over the years that we can say on this family podcast? I mean, they get pretty creative. Uh, I try to think of some G-rated ones they said, but uh, I, I think one year they found out uh, one of the players' uh, girlfriend's name. So when they when he shot free throws, they, they yelled the name out and that kind of threw the guy off. So I remember that, but um, it's, it's creative. It, it, you never know what you might hear, but it's, uh, I know coaching, it's funny because we're coaching you more serious even more than you play. But um, sometimes you hear things and it just throws you off for a quick second. You give a quick little like laugh, but then you have to get back into the focus of the game. But um, yeah, you, you never know what you might hear up there, but I love it. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a specific one that comes to mind. I mean, Jared might be the one to ask. He was at the forefront of our student section last year. Go ahead, Jared. Um, well, to, to set the record straight, I can definitely attest to the idea that it was, this was really funny how they did it, but um, we had a roster. I believe we, we played William Jewell, so this was last year in like maybe January or February, and one of my friends, I forgot which one it was, but he went to high school with their starting shooting guard, and they knew his girlfriend's name, so whenever he, he was having a really bad game, and he went to the free throw line, they just started screaming his girlfriend's name, and that was pretty much just how it went. And there were a few other times with just other things. And um, I remember um, there was, he was a really good ball player. I want to say um, we played UND. So this might've been like December, I want to say of last year. This is really good player. He was a forward and he had no hair. And everybody in the student section just kept calling him bald and just kept saying so many things to him. We actually, I forgot how the game went, but he was feeding off of it pretty well. Um, so that is something that, I definitely miss just being at the games, not just myself, but seeing a whole ton of other people just feed off of this charisma, you know, but also trying to keep it fair, you know, not trying to get too mean at the same time, but because I do believe there's a limit when it comes to athletics and games, but it's definitely a big part of games, you know, coming from a high school environment and being, you know, as Rich talked about, you know, having the seats above the court and just looking down and everything. It's it's phenomenal. Even in a small place like Mason Haplin Fieldhouse, it's, it's phenomenal. As far as the feeling, I can only imagine what it's like playing in front of that crowd. I'm going to follow up one more time. So Andrea, you know, men's basketball and women's basketball, the soccer teams, are they draw fans a lot. Some other sports don't draw as many fans. Uh, for something like tennis, how energizing is it when you have fans out there and, and to piggyback off of what um, America was saying, how can we get more fans out there? Like, how much does it mean to you as a tennis player to have fans there watching you? So before coming to college, um, in my previous matches during high school and before, it's in tennis, it's like a very silent sport. So uh, having fans cheering all the time is not that common. Or you just have to do it in a precise moment when you like you don't seem rude to the other player. Um, but in college, it's definitely more like there's more environment and the cheers are are louder and, and the environment is like more energetic. So playing here in college with with a good good cheers, um, it it keeps us motivated and and I, I feel like it brings up good energy. So whenever we have some fans coming to the matches, it's like we don't have a lot, but whenever they come, it's very nice from them and we really appreciate it. So having more fans would be really nice for us. Andrea, just to kind of continue on what you were saying, you mentioned that um, 
the, your high school matches differ from like your college matches. I know that you are an international student, so I think it would be really cool if you could maybe just talk about how you decided to come to Rockers and maybe how your experience has been different or what made you like look into Rockers if it was for athletics um, and how you reflect your time here so far. Uh, yeah, so I played um, tennis in high school, but it's in Mexico, it's not, um, sports are not that big in high school as they are in here. Um, so I basically, most of my tournaments were played outside of high school, playing for representing my state or the country. Um, so it, it was very different. I wasn't used to it when I was coming here, but I'm, I'm really liking it here. Um, and yeah, the main reason why I decided to come to college to the U.S. is because I wanted to continue playing tennis at, at a high level and also getting my degree. Um, because in Mexico, it's you cannot do both at the same level. Like you have to, if you want to study, you have to um, lower your your um, tennis level. Um, but yeah, so I, I really like it here. I uh, the people here are very nice. Um, they are very welcoming for international students. And yeah, I'm, I'm really liking classes, tennis, everything. So Rich, I'll take this one. Um, me, me being from Chicago, I know how rare it was for me to have even heard about um, Rockhurst itself. And actually, um, for anybody who doesn't know, even though I don't play baseball at Rockhurst, I played in high school and I was looking to play in college. And I actually learned about Rockers in general. How I first even found out about them was through a recruiting website for baseball. So a little fun fact. But for you, Rich, how did you first hear about um, Rockers? And as far as the recruiting process, how did that change for you as you maybe got offers or received interest from other schools? How did that fare out for you when you were in high school? Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. It was pretty late in my senior year. I just had an injury. So I was pretty uncertain on my college plans. And then I'm from Wisconsin. And our coach, Coach Diener, is from Wisconsin as well. So there was a connection between my high school coach and him. So I went to Rockhurst for a visit and fell in love with the school. Really, really like Kansas City. I wanted to go to a strong academic school as well as a successful basketball program. And everything kind of just fell into place from there. It kind of fit everything I was looking for in a campus. Rockhurst fit that curriculum. So it was, that was pretty much it. Keeping the topic of recruiting, um, Josh, how has the recruiting changed this year and what parts of the process do you enjoy the most? Um, and what's typically draw students to Rockers and their athletics? So I can't say that there's a lot of things I enjoy with this process this year. The thing about recruiting in the past, you could bring players in for workouts at any time. Uh, you can see them face to face, actually get to know them a little bit more. Uh, this year, right now, we just lost five guys, you know, graduating and leaving off to school. But uh, I think now watching highlight tapes is how we kind of watch these kids play. So it's, you're taking a big gamble if someone is really as good as they are, because as Rich knows, highlight tapes, you can just take your best 10 clips and put them together and make yourself look like LeBron James. So now we're taking a, a guess with a lot of players. Um, so that's a part where I, I could say it's a lot different this year. Uh, we have to be creative. Uh, we we had we do Zoom calls. Um, we did a virtual tour with the players. So we, you kind of lose that uh, part of you know really getting to know where you're going and you know knowing the person really. Uh, the next question was how do we draw uh, players here? I think uh, with it being a Division two school and being a smaller community, I think uh, a lot of players like how uh, the classes are. Honestly, the smaller classes, you get to know your teachers. Uh, Personally, it's not uh, my big sister went to UCF, so she was like a number on a scale of in class, like number 200. Uh, you know, Rockers, you're you can be 20 kids in the class. You actually get to you know meet with the professor afterwards and discuss your grades and how things are going. So I think that's one of them. I think uh, uh, Drew, uh, the head coach, he does a great job with our guys. I think it's a uh, he's he's a younger coach. He's like in his 40s, so he's very a younger coach and he's very energetic. So I think guys love the how personal he is with them, how energetic he is. And he, he's crazy. So he like, you never know what he might do. He, uh, he'll hop in the drill once in a while too. So I think guys really get to, with our coaching staff, I think guys uh, love how 
the door is always open for them. And then guys know that here with me too at the Mac, they can come here anytime and see me. So I think just getting on a personal level is a, a big step with recruiting because you're going to be there for the next four years of your life. This question's for um, Andrew and Rich. What advice would you have for anyone considering being a student athlete at Rockers? I'll take this. I'll start this one first. I would just say you got to find your priorities. I mean, obviously school is number one, but for me personally, I live with two other basketball players in my grade. So we all have pretty similar schedules. So we just find time to study together, work out together, just do a lot of those things where you're not killing two birds with one stone. So I think it's just finding your priorities, making time for what's important in your life. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, my advice for new athletes, students, student athletes, um, I think it would be being getting close to your team and like making a connection with your team because it makes a huge difference um, playing with a team that you are close with or or if you see them as strangers because it's like you you have confidence and you know that if a match doesn't go well, uh, they are going to be there to support you. But also besides athletes, uh, besides sports, um, I would advise them to to be very involved in campus, not just um, meeting people within this within your sport, but getting to know a lot of people and, and yeah, being involved in campus activities. I'll follow up on that real quick. Josh, you obviously played here as well. Um, and that was part of the coaching staff. What did you learn about being a student athlete at Rockhurst and, and kind of what made it work for you? And then what does the coaching staff uh, typically advise um, student athletes to do to make I things think, work? I uh, think what Rich said, the, the piggyback off that is uh, a big thing, priorities. Uh, finding time to uh, – I, so I came from, to Rockhurst after junior college, which was totally different uh, feel. So um, – like Rockers is an academic school. So learning how to balance your classes with practice and just know how much time you really have in that day, I think it's a big part of it. Um, my first semester here was a tough one for me, just kind of coming, like I said, from junior college, I'm like, whoa, what is this? But um, once I got the hang of it and, uh, you know, getting closer with my professors, that's the one thing I really did. And I tell our guys that come here is get to know the people teaching your classes, like actually get to know them. Don't just be a body in the class. Talk to your professor after class, see how they're doing too, because they're also people. I think when you uh, make those relationships with people, it goes a long way, especially for a guy like me, uh, who I don't think I was the biggest book guy, but um, uh, I think once I uh, created relationships and um, my professor seeing how hard I was really working and trying at it, you know, I always got that that extra tip over. So that, that helped me a lot for me personally at Rockhurst. Uh, Chad, if you can repeat the second part of your question. I kind of forgot that part. Uh, what does the coaching staff typically advise on what works best for student athletes? Obviously they have to figure it out for themselves, yeah. but you guys probably have a priority list of some sort. Yeah. I mean, academics come first. Um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, when we recruit, we ca- we go off your history. If a guy can be a great player, but if we, uh, we check your, your SAT and ACT scores and we see you kind of struggling in that area, we kind of, uh, you got to kind of factor it out to see if this would be the best place for you. We want um, everyone we bring in, we want to graduate and to see here. So that's a, a area we look at. Uh, the next thing is, honestly, like, like I said, I use my advice for them. I tell them to learn their professors, uh, reach out to them, have an open line of communication. Because a lot of times we travel on a road, we'll leave on a Tuesday and won't be back until Sunday. So you just can't as, uh, assume your professor knows you're leaving. So get to know the people that are teaching your classes and um and I think that goes a long way, but we kind of really relay that same information to them. Josh, when you were um, a student athlete here, did you have any idea that you would be coming back to Rockers or, or how, how did that end up working out? Yeah, not a clue. Honestly, um, I had no clue I was going into coaching. That wasn't my, uh, I mean, my pat. honestly, my passion is basketball. And Richard tell you, I'm very, I'm probably crazy too. He probably thinks the same thing, but I'm very passionate about basketball. So things just kind of start to fall into line. Uh, when I played here, I was the team captain here under Drew Diener. I played one year under him. And um, he told me that year I'll be coaching. And I'm like, they're not happening. And then um, I think we created a relationship and trust when I played for him because the captain is a lot of times, and as a point guard, which was my position, you're kind of like the coach on the court a lot of times. You guys the team for leadership. So it just kind of, you know, trickled over to from being a point guard and 
and being a captain to coaching because now, you know, I, you know, I, I coach our guys and lead our guys and, uh, you know, bring that same energy to them. But no, I had no clue. I'm, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. So I did had no clue I'd be in Kansas City, Missouri uh, these past six years or so. So, Was the transition from a, an athlete to coaching difficult or did you think, did you find yourself like trying to get out of the mindset of just being the, like from being an athlete to coaching? Because I'm well, sure the Rich can tell you, I can still move with the players pretty well. But um, I, I think at first, the first year was tough because I was uh, like, I still, I still play basketball for re recreationally, but um, I think that first year was tough because you can't, like you see things and you're sitting there watching, I'm teaching our point guard certain things and I'll see him miss it. And I'm like, like oh, you can do it like this. So I can't get out there and do it. So the first year is my toughest year. Now I, I love it because it, it's no strain to my body and I can just blow a whistle all day and tell people what they should do to go harder, you know? So that's the little perk of it. But um, that first year was tough, but um, I think coaching slows things down. And I think just like with anything, like uh, not to, to sidetrack, I'm a parent also. So when I had a, a door to maybe slow things down and see things from a different light, I think coaching is the same way. When you get to slow down and see what's happening, you get to see the game in a whole different uh, view. One more question for Josh. Um, so you kind of talked about how you work in the MAC and then also how you're a coach for the men's basketball team. But kind of switching gears over to intramurals, um, they're in full swing now, and I know a lot of students on campus are very excited about that. So can you just talk a little bit about how that's working this semester and how it's going so far? So intramurals have been going great. Um, so last year was pretty funny. I got to show you guys this thing. Before COVID, I made these posters for last year, right? 2020, I had all these ideas planned. Um, what I would do is I'll go to, uh, we'd go different games for basketball games. I would go check out the other schools, recreational centers, and just see what they had going, pick up posters, their ideas. And then I brought that back here because I, when I took over intramurals, it was kind of like a, a area that wasn't really touched before as much. No one was really running it. So I was kind of had a, the opportunity to kind of, you know, put my hand press into it. So that's been uh, kind of fun, just kind of doing different things uh, and, and trying out new things. Uh, to give a quick shout out to my GA up there, she's been great for me, just kind of, she's younger and fresh ideas. So a lot of things you see, it's her helping me out. We could come in and game plan and see uh, what we should go to next. Um, so right now, we, you guys probably know we have a, a basketball going on on Mondays. Tuesday nights are volleyballs, and Wednesday night is soccer. Uh, my energy behind that was I didn't want students to be bored with one sport because uh, everyone has different things they like. So I thought with not going for a long season, like saying from January to May, it's just one sport. I thought just giving different uh, different options each day would kind of spark interest in different students. And if you don't like this, you probably like that. If you don't like that, it's, you know, another option there too. So um, it's been going great. Uh, I don't know if you guys care about the numbers of everything, but um, that's kind of like how I, I basically how things are going. So for basketball, just alone, we have 95 students signed up for that. For uh, co-ed volleyball, we have 130 students and for soccer, 70 students. And that's going on during the pandemic. So I thought that's pretty uh, impressive numbers and a you know, good turnout. So we have some new things coming up. These seasons in uh, at the end of March and then starting next semester, not next semester, starting April 5th, if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, sand volleyball coming, which is co-ed, co you guys like that. And then we also have flag football. And then each Wednesday will be another one-day tournament. So each Wednesday, you get an email on it next week. It'll be each, each Wednesday, ping pong, the next Wednesday, dodgeball, just a different thing going each week. I think from the student perspective, um, kind of having those, you know, just having an array of different sports to do is really successful. Obviously talking about the numbers, there's been a ton of students participating. And as a senior, I feel like this has been some of the strongest participation in uh, intramurals that I've seen in uh, my three and a half years here. And I think a good success that's kind of come about from having different sports on different days during the week is that like, especially for like teams that I'm on for intramurals, like we have different teams for different sports. So like I have a 5v5 men's basketball team, but we also, some of the guys uh, from that 5v5 team play co-ed volleyball with some of our girlfriends. And so I think that just having that like different stimulation for different days is really working out really well. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. Whoever is doing the Instagram stuff for intramurals is doing a really good job. 
I like the questions afterward, kind of the, uh, the sideline reporter thing, and then usually throw in something. Um, what was it the other day? <laughs> Some guy just Chipotle. finished playing. No, I missed that one. The one I saw was about cereal. <laughs> like, Do you put the cereal in before the milk or the milk in before the cereal? And the guy's like, put the cereal in. I'm not psycho. Yes. <laughs> that is the right answer. And so, also about to say, Chad, uh, yeah. for everyone to follow our Rockhurst Intramurals page, it's Rockhurst underscore Intramurals. Um, trying to get that going. Uh, I, I think, and I like I said, I'm getting older, so that's why I fear it has been out a lot, but I know social media is kind of taking over how everything moves. So that's the area we're trying to, uh, you know, you guys spread the word to your friends, follow this page. It's going to be all the updates on there. Again, Rockhurst underscore Intramurals, and you'll see everything going on right now. Josh, I know you got stuff to do. Can you kind of talk about the MAC? Um, what is it and why should students be there? The MAC is the place to be. I think uh, right now, especially the pandemic, uh, health is wealth, right? Everyone should be finding a time out in their day to work out, get in shape. It's, you feel better, you know? Um, the MAC has uh, everything you need. It's cardio, it's weights. Rich knows, Rich is here 10 times a day, um, TRX station. So we have different things going on. A couple areas I want got, uh, students to kind of get into more, and I think no one realizes how good they are. One thing is the Beachbody on the main classes. Uh, during the pandemic, I did those at home all day, every day, and they're great. And I think no one knows how good they really are. They're, they have everything from yoga to, um, you know, boxing to weightlifting. It's every single class on there. Um, you guys, check your emails. I know you guys don't like email students, but uh, check your emails. We got the class schedules on there. Come down here, do the classes. If it's a time that doesn't work for you, I have my front desk workers. You can ask them for the remote and they'll let you pick any class you want. It's always open. And then also, I'm very excited. I just hired an in-person yoga instructor, Kat. You guys will see the email coming out this uh, on Monday. And her first class will be Wednesday. So I'm very excited about that. Um, that's just another area where we wanted to, last year we were getting started. We, signed, we hired someone and then the pandemic happened. So that kind of threw things off. But um, we have yoga classes in person, yoga classes on demand. And then we have, you know, every weight machine and cardio machine you need. So, Rich and Andrea, how often uh, how often do you utilize the, the Mac for workouts and stuff? Um, I know Josh just said a little bit for you there, Rich, but, you know, how often do you use it and what specifically do you use when you're in there? We have weights with the team. And we do those in mass in the massman gym. But whenever I go there, it's because we are off season, and I just go uh, to do to do some lifting or to run. No, yeah, I love the Mac. It's great. It's a brand new facility. There's lots to do in there. Uh, all the equipment is brand new. There's everything you need in the gym is there. And I mean, if you want to have a body or look like Coach Robertson, you got to be in there 24/7. So the Mac is the place to be. I was going to say, Chad, not to interrupt, Rich is a big mirror guy, so the his workouts, the curls, and the summer's coming up, so he's a big curl guy in the mirror. I love it. Josh, you were from Florida. I went to high school in Bradenton on the other coast, and when I was in high school and stuff, we used to always work out, and, you know, girls would ask where certain things are on the beach, you know, where's the concession stand? Exactly. You always flex when you point. That's how it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm 30 and still doing it, Chad. Nice. I'm not. Uh, I'm not and I'm not. So, yeah. All right. So, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We will put in the notes for the, the podcast where to find intramurals on Instagram, you know, information on the Mac, things like that. Um, again, can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, thank you, guys. Have a great That's day. Great. All right, too. Thank you so much. All right. See you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Andrea, you also have to get going. Thank you for joining us today. Good luck with all your matches coming up. And we'll try to get out there to see you, see how things are going. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you bet. All right. So for our next segment, we are going to introduce something new. It's called I Wish I Knew. And this is kind of taking topics that now that you're a year or more, for some of you, four years into your Rockers career, what did you wish you knew uh, when you first started college? And we'll kind of go by topic on that. So since um, we're halfway through the semester, a lot of tests, exam stuff happening, 
Uh, what did you wish you knew? I'm botch the English on this, but if there's one thing that you wish you knew about studying or getting stuff done for class that you know now that you didn't know then, what would that be? And maybe that helps out someone else kind of find a, a tip, a trick, a hack, anything like that. Um, I'll kick it off over here. Um, something that I really, really learned, uh, especially my first semester of college, was how important your environment is uh, when it comes to doing homework or studying. Now, obviously, everybody has their own preferred type of environment. Some people like a little bit of noise, like a cafe style setting. Uh, but some people might also like uh, or prefer to be in like a complete silence, have their own space. And it, you just got to figure that out for yourself, you know, which environment is most conducive to your efficiency and success when you're studying or doing homework for classes. And definitely, I've, I've, I've experienced being in the wrong environment can definitely mess you up or like, there have been so many times where, for me personally, I like having like a little bit of a cafe style, like some background noise going on. And if I'm like, especially here during the pandemic, just studying alone in my room, I'll read like a few pages out of a textbook and then I'll stop myself and realize I have no clue what I just read. And someone could obviously experience the same thing, just flip-flop vice versa. So I think definitely finding what your preferred uh, study environment is, is really, really um, helpful when you're going for success in school. I'm thinking that for me, what's something that I learned, and I think I'm glad that I, I figured it out, I would say my maybe my second semester, sophomore year, possibly. But it was just taking advantage of maybe knowing like upperclassmen that have taken your courses, especially if you're maybe in some type of organization. You know, for me, since I'm a business major, I'm part of the business fraternity on campus. And I think it was really cool just knowing um, getting to know them and being able to ask them questions, even something as simple as, you know, hey, um, what professor did you ended up did you end up taking, or which professor do you recommend that I take? And then they they could say like, well, maybe if this is your study style, if you're more like essay, if you like essays more, then maybe you should take this professor. And I feel like that's really really beneficial. And yeah, just kind of getting to know them. I think I've already mentioned that before. But even a couple weeks ago when I had a Zoom with some alumni um, who I got to know through DSP, I they asked me what classes I was taking. And, you know, I told them I was like, oh, I'm taking, you know, this and this. And one of them, there was like, he remembered he had taken that course like three years previously. And I was like, yeah, I have to write this essay and I'm kind of nervous. And he was telling me, oh, well, you know, make sure that, um, that you do this, this, this. So I feel like really just asking your classmates that really gets you pretty far this is probably counterintuitive but um <laughs> I wish I knew how many books I didn't need to buy and that's probably something I shouldn't say <laughs> but um some books you absolutely need especially when it comes to like lab manuals and things of that nature but at the same time like if you actually go into like the um professors like speaking notes and their PowerPoints and like the different aid that, and resources that they give you, you will be fine. Like, at least for me, I was fine without um, the majority of the books that was on the list. Um, like I said, probably not the best thing to say, don't get books, but it really just depends on your learning style. Um, and if you do know the difference of whether you like online books or physical books, because me personally, I like online books better than physical books, so yeah. See, that's the thing about what I'll just kind of go off of what Bree just said. I definitely like um, the physical books a lot better, but it's more of a niche thing. You know, like what works for Bree clearly won't work for me, but what works for me won't work for her. And, you know, it's different for everybody um, in particular. And I learned that I'm coming as a costume. And I guess I remember the first few weeks, you know, I'm just trying to do my work and um, I'm trying to do some things by myself. And I'm not the most... Um, I'm not the most independent person when it comes to schoolwork, but me not really knowing that many people, I kind of just thought that was how you do things in college. And then I learned that after that point, I started to do, not even just do my homework with other people, we just all like collaborated and did things together. And that's just how it normally was for me. But I also knew people that benefited off of going into a room in the library, which has a lot of really nice spaces for maybe three, four hours at a time. It's just them getting studying and doing work all by themselves. Um, you have to find your niche. You have to find what is compatible for you, not just your study habits, but you know, also I, I do believe as a student, you also want to bring mental health into it as well. You really got to think about how all of those things come together. And once you're able to, you know, just don't overthink it and 
take everything day by day, really, you know, so if you're just a student, if you're a student athlete, or if you're somebody that's involved in numerous things on campus, having the ability to be compatible with your own schedule and the, those of others and actually being willing to ask for help too is probably the biggest things at Rockers with small classes with having these professors that do care a lot about what you do you want to take advantage of that so as long as you do those things you'll succeed in whichever way you think is fit for you. Rich how much uh, studying do you have to do on the bus um, and how does that kind of work? Josh said, sometimes you leave on a Tuesday, you don't come back till Sunday. How does all that work for you and, and where you can't kind of pick your environment? You just have to take what's there. Yeah, so sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it's tough when you're on a road trip and you have a test coming up pretty quickly. But we, uh, on the road, it's just us and one other guy per hotel room. So we, and the coaching staff does a good job of giving us time to block out for studying or to do assignments or to get the help we need or meet with a teacher so I really think it's just again finding time to balance your busy schedule and the coaching staff does a good job of giving us that time. Was it a hard adjustment you know having to miss so much class when you first got here and kind of also making sure you're adjusting to just college because you know I feel like college um, tests and exams they're really they differ so much from high school um, so I think, was it hard kind of adjusting to both things at the same time? Yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. And I'm coming from Wisconsin, so about eight hours away. So coming from high school where I could just go home right away and then going halfway across the country to Kansas City was definitely a big adjustment for me. But I think it was made easier through the help of my teachers and the small class setting really benefited me because I'm coming from a small Catholic high school, much like Rockhurst is. So that really was beneficial for me in coming to a school like Rockhurst. Rich, thanks for that answer. And thank you for joining us today. Good luck with off-season workouts and uh, best of luck next year. Hopefully we'll have a full gym for you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Have a great one. I love Rich. Be good, bro. Peace out, man. All right. So that kind of concludes our time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, basically. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, find us, subscribe, share. Uh, to watch the discussion, again, you can go to our YouTube page. Rock Curse Hawk is the after the slash portion of that. So youtube.com slash Rock Hawk. Uh, again, so for Bree and Jared, America, Vince, Josh, Andrea, and Rich, this is Chad Schnarr. Have a great day and go hot.